Well, good morning and welcome. And if you're keeping up, we're on season four, episode 33. Can you imagine that? We've just been doing that for, for this long. Summer's almost over. We're starting to see the pumpkin spice come available. I don't know about you, but I'll be glad to see some cooler weather. It's hot down here in Florida. Glad to see it cool off a little bit. Waiting for it, looking forward to it. And so uh, we've been looking at the, the world and the way it's treating us and the way we're treating God and how everything all fits together. And uh, I saw a little video clip the other day. And, uh, you know, one of the trends now we have is that uh, people want to go and do their social experiments. So go out and interview people, ask them questions. And a lot of times there'll, there'll be incentives and it can be very entertaining, but also very informative to what the condition of the world really is. And what they were doing is there was a posted up at a, at a gas station and they was walking around as people was pulling up to fill up their cars and they said, look, all you have to do is tell me one Bible verse in its entirety. It's going to be one Bible verse and I will fill up your tank of gas. Well, here where gas is still floating around $4 a gallon, that could be a quite an endeavor. But the sad part is it was person after person after person that didn't even know where to begin, that couldn't give you the least incarnation of what a Bible verse might be. And a few of them tried to give regurgitate something they might have heard or seen before, but no one could do it in its entirety. Person after person, and we had different races, genders, and the same result. So we have the, all these people that we see evidence of that are not in the Word of God. And we see that it's more prevalent now than ever. And we have to ask ourselves, what is our guidance? What is our, our truth? And the, the word speaks very much of, of God's truth, that God cannot lie. Hebrews 6, 18 that by two immutable things, that it was impossible for God to lie, that we might have a strong collection. We may flee the refuge hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and with interest into the veil. Second Peter 2, 1 through 9, talks about God not being able to lie. We can also find it in Numbers 23 and 19 and many other places throughout the Word of God that God cannot lie. So that means that everything that God tells us is the truth. 
But yet, we do not use this as our foundation. We do not see it as our truth. But what about man? See, we put so much stock into man. We see these people that we deem as elite, and we follow and we listen. We have these people that we call experts, and we believe everything that they say. But yet, they have no foundation. And we know that man has the ability and has the want and man will lie. We are all sinners. No, there is not one righteous. No, not one. That means all of us. All of us are sinners. All of us are born into sin and all of us have the capability to lie. And you say, oh no, oh not me. I never lie. But yet we do. We may not mean to, we may not even consider it to be, many times we say things and we do things to spare the feelings of others. There's no malintent for it, but yet, nevertheless, it's in fact a lie. We look at the, the little baby in the stroller and say, oh, what a cute, precious little thing. And in reality, we're thinking, I have never seen such an ugly baby. But we don't express those feelings. When our wife asks us, does this make me look fat? Well, of course not. You look wonderful. When indeed, it might be very unflattering. We lie to our children. We tell them about these fictitious things that we put into their childhood. We talk about the Tooth Fairy, Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny. We tell them things like, if you don't eat your vegetables, it's going to stunt your growth. We tell them not to get up out of bed at night because of the month. We do. There's all these kind of things that we tell our children that are simply untrue. Do politicians lie? Well, no, we're not going to raise your taxes. Vote for me. I'm not going to do nothing like that. I'm for you till the election's over. And then, in fact, we see that we're putting through legislation that, in fact, does everything just the opposite of everything that was promised. We lie to sell goods. Well, it's not lying. It's just accentuating the positive and eliminating the negative. Still lying. But God doesn't do these things. He's not concerned about your feelings. He's not concerned about how the world or man perceives him. And he has nothing to gain. You know, most of the time when we lie, it's for some kind of self-preservation or self-promoting. It's to help ourselves in some way or form. 
We lie to our children. That makes them happy or makes parenting easier. You know, we're going to be on your best behavior because Santa Claus is watching. That makes our lives easier because we don't have to be on them as much. We lie to our spouse. Happy wife, happy life, right? We want to maintain positive relationships. We are concerned about how people view us. And we are very driven by our own feelings. What makes us feel good? What makes us happy? Or we want to make profit. We want to gain power, position, or money. We want to push through our agenda. Have our beliefs brought to the forefront and followed. These are reasons why we lie. And we put God in the mindset of man. But God's ways are not our ways. You know, one thing is we don't have the ability to know the beginning from the end. We cannot see that future. We do not know what's going to happen. We do not know what the next steps are, but God does. Another thing is that God has nothing to gain from us. God created us. God loves us. God wants to do and provide for us. Because he wants to. Not because he needs anything from us. He involves us because he wants to, not because he has to have us. He created us. He loves us because he wants to. We get the idea that God is a a tyrant, that he's there just to control us, to oppress us, to make us worship him. He wants our love. He wants our worship. He wants our praise, not because we are forced to do it, but because we want to do it. Did you notice that there? God acts a certain way, and he wants us to act a certain way in his image. Because we are made in his image. Do you see that? God wants us to be like him, to feel the way that he feels about us back at him. He wants it to be reciprocated in the best way that we can. He doesn't want to lead by force. God talks about rulers. If you go into the book of Samuel and you'll look and see that Samuel had a warning about kings. That they're going to take your stuff. They're going to take your children. They're going to do all these things because they get wrapped up in the power. And we see that today. We have our leaders. They're not kings, but there are still our leaders. They're still occupying that same type of figurehead. And then what do they do? They make rules. 
And we're to follow them to the T and the rules benefit them. But the rules don't apply to them. They want to make sure that we are giving the government every single cent that they require plus some. Because we have to pay for all of this inflation and all this money that's misappropriated. We have to replace it somehow and pay for these projects that nobody but them care about. So we're going to have to hire all these other agents to dig into your finances to make sure that you're giving every single cent. But in return, they don't want to be subject to that kind of behavior. So they exempt themselves from the process. Do as I say, not as I do. Almost a lot of times we talk about faith. It's the backbone and the basis to everything that we do. That we gotta we want to see God work, we want to have that relationship, we gotta have faith. And many of us, especially if we're of the Christian denomination, we like to talk about how much we love Jesus and how faithful we are and all these things, but it's just talk. Because our actions show a very different story. You know, I listen to all these things that our our leaders put out. And when they're trying to persuade us to do something, they throw God's name in the mix. They throw God's name in the mix. They throw God's name in the mix. And because we talked about earlier, we see that. Less and less people know what God's all about because we drive by and we'd have to combine four or five, maybe six or seven churches right here in this area to fill up one building. We are getting less and less people in church. Now, of course, I'm standing here right now and I'm not driving up and down the street, but if you were, you would see that right now there's a lot of other stuff going on. People's mowing their grass, they're riding horses, they're out on the river, they're out on the lakes, they're watching TV, they're drinking and barbecuing and having a good time. And we see church parking lots that are very empty. We see church buildings that are very empty. And we see the proof of that because... There's people that's trying to act godlike and they're just making a mockery of it because all they're doing is pushing their own feelings and pushing their own interpretations and taking out what they want. And then the bigger majority is ignorant of what the Word of God says. And then all of us are under the influence of the world, which is Satan owned and driven. And we hear all these things, and we don't worry about the foundation. We take these falsehoods, and they become our truths. We like to go around and say that we have faith. What do we have faith in? What do we have faith in? Because what I see today, I see evidence of faith in the world. 
faith in man, but there's no faith in God. And we can look at the events, the day-to-day of the world, and just see that clearly. They're telling us now that we're not underneath all these guidelines that we've faced over the last couple years that you know basically to put it in a nutshell that COVID is no different than any other disease you might contract you know the flu the common cold you know we always have the same rules for it if you get sick with one of these things you you let it run its course you if you have a fever you stay home you know you take care of yourself you get rest well, we just, we just scooped up COVID and we put that in the same category as all the rest of that. It's just something now that we live with. But you know, they still keep pushing that, well, if you, if you do, maybe you need to get this early action pill. And maybe you still want to make sure you get your booster shots. And they keep telling us all these things because they still want to keep selling that stuff. Because there's a lot of money involved into it but in reality they kept telling us all these things and we believed it to be truth because someone got on tv and told us that for some reason now we believe that that anything that comes out of that box is true anything that comes off social media is true And we don't want to put any effort into it. And we don't use anything as the basis of truth, the word of God. And the media and the world and the people just trying to push these things sure do not want you in the word of God. Because it is going to deeply contradict what they are telling you. And the word tells us that we can't have two masters. So that means that we can either serve the world and all their lies, or we can serve God. It's your choice. And they don't want us to know what God has to say about the situation because it just takes everything they tell us and not make any sense. We were all in a panic. And uh, they told us to do all these things. We'll stay home and, and lock down. But that didn't fix the situation. They tell us to take these shots. Well, that didn't fix the situation. Well, now you need a booster. Well, that didn't fix the situation. Wear a mask. That didn't fix the situation. But, you know, I know many people that have a strong reliance in God that... Pray for protection that either didn't get it at all or if they had it, they got over it pretty quick with not a whole lot of issue behind it. Because that's what God does. He protects us, he heals us, and he sees us through things. And there's no thing that science can come out with. There's nothing that man can come out with. There's no procedures There's no CDC recommendations that can outdo what God can do. 
we'd all just came together, prayed about these things. We could have defeated this so quickly and with so little impact on the world. Right now, we are still facing and will be forever facing the damage that has been done out of fear. And that is exactly what it is. Well, if you don't do these things, you're going to get sick and you're going to die. But yet, I have a God that has numbered every hair on my head. He knows what my life looks like. He has a plan for it. He has a way to get me there. That's what the Word tells me. So if I think that some disease, some disability, some big bag monster that the media, that the elites, that the leaders tell me is out there can take my life and steal that from me, that is God-given, there is no faith. We are spending trillions of dollars on this climate change phenomenon. And I'm using the word phenomenon because I wanted to use a word that would not allow me to keep my clean version on this podcast. Because that's exactly what it is. Because the word tells me that God has a plan. That he knows when he is going to send Jesus back. He and he alone knows when he's going to send Jesus back. And Jesus is going to come. He's going to call all of us saved individuals known as the bride home. And we're going to go through a whole nasty process. And we're going to take care of this world. And we're going to rebuild it once again. But yet we have all these people standing up and saying we have this catastrophe that we're doing to ourselves and that if we don't do something right now and change our lifestyles and change what we're doing, that we're going to kill the world. That tells me that if you believe that, you cannot believe what the world tells us. You can either believe this Lies, or we can believe what God tells us. And if you're going out and you're trading in and buying you a battery-powered golf cart car, and you're buying into all this, and you're believing it, you have no faith. And then we want to say, well, that's not what science says. That's not what the facts say. That's not what any of these things tell us. But what facts are you listening to? Do you actually go out and look at anything past what is right in front of you? What pops up on your feed? What pops up on the TV box? Do you look and see anything else other than what you are being fed? Are you looking for the truth or are you just accepting whatever's handed to you? Are there something better? 
or there's something just what's right in front of you. And for many of us, we're not going to put any effort into seeking any kind of truth. We're going to believe anything that is told in front of us that it must be true, otherwise they couldn't put it out there. Well, if you think that people can't be evil, if you don't think Satan doesn't have dominion over this world, and if you don't think Satan's a bad guy, and you don't think that these things can happen, you haven't read your Bible, you haven't read a history book, and you have no clue. Evil exists in this world. Evil takes place each and every day. And evil is bad. There's evil in people. There's evil. There's evil that's happening. It happened then. It's happening now. Nothing's changed. That evil is still alive and present. And the only thing it's gotten is stronger and better at what it does. So, they lie. And we don't, we don't bother to, to look at it. But we're talking about the, the climate change and we're going to stop all this stuff. We want to stop putting carbon in the air. But see, what they don't tell you is, is that, you know, if we took a, a science class and we look up, we need a certain amount of carbon in the air. You know, we just think it's, it's just, is it just a coincidence that everything that we need is here on earth? That we have the iron ore, that we have the fuels that we can dig right up out of the ground. We can pump it right up out of the ground and use that to make fuel. Do you think that is an accident? Natural gas. Do you think that is an accident? All these things God has put here for us, knowing that we were going to need them and be able to use them. Not an accident. Science tells us that it was just a phenomenon. We had this big bang and then things started to evolve. And it just so happens that everything we have here, we can use. You know, for most ailments and things, there's something occurring naturally on the earth that we can use. And it was here from the beginning. In that six-day stretch of creation, God... Put it all here for us. But yet we just think it's just random. Well, heck, it's here, so we figured out a way to use it. No, God already had the plan in motion. He put the stuff here, then he gave us the knowledge to be able to use it. But anyway, back to science now. We have to have a certain amount of carbon in the atmosphere because the molecules that form water collect around it. That's how it gets heavy enough to fall as rain. That one of the problems is that we, we've been constantly improving emissions 
over the years. Cars are becoming more efficient. The anti-pollution systems on them are becoming more efficient. And even though there's more cars and more people on the road, we're actually putting less pollution in the air. We are bringing down the carbon footprint in the, in the sky. And as a result, we are receiving less rain. But is it really all about the environment? Is it really all about our future? Or is it about making money? And it's real easy for the manufacturers to jump on board because their idea is to make money. You want to have a successful business. And to do that, you have to give what is needed or what is wanted. And if the government is pushing for a certain item, we know that's going to have major sway and impact on the people. So they have no problem changing over and producing that product. It's not because they want to make a difference. It's not because they want to be better. They want to keep their business moving forward and making money. Businesses evolve and change all the time for the sake of survival and for success. And the people that's making the laws, that's making the changes, that know where to direct their personal wealth, they're going to be behind it 100%. We live in a selfish, self-serving world. We don't see charity. People that set up charities do so to control money flows. To have tax write-offs. If we took the fortunes that we send other places, if these grand charities was actually using that money for something good and what it's intended for, we would see a lot less homeless, hungry, hurting. If we could take those billions that we sent to fight a war that we have nothing to do with and put them into our school systems. We could build houses for the homeless. We could help the ones that are in need, the victims of floods, the victims of of violence. We don't know how to make better. All we know how to do is to take away take away we're taught that from a very early age that if we misappropriate what we're playing with we just have it removed from us instead of being taught the correct way to use it and that's what they do to us today 
You know, it's uh, if we're not using the Word of God as our guidance, then we're just simply living off of feeling and opinion. You know, most of the laws that's on the books today are there because someone, something happened. And someone got affected by it in, in some way. Someone was hurt. Someone was killed. Someone was offended. Someone got their feelings hurt. And then we make a law to combat it. But many times it's just a, a knee-jerk reaction. And what we're doing doesn't even fit with what it was intended to do. It's just to make people feel better, to give them a sense of accomplishment, but it's not really addressing the problem. Many times it even causes more problems. I was just thinking the other day, you know, sometimes you just get thinking about random thoughts. And, and I was thinking about that maybe because the holidays are coming up and uh, about Jesus. And his, his birth and the time that he came here. And, uh, you know, I've did some research on it. We've talked about it before that it was the best time for him to come and to be able to set up his ministry. There wasn't any wars going on at the time. They could move around freely. It was, there was lot, not a lot of external conflict in the world at that time. So it could be about the ministry and the impact it had, what was going on in the world, how it involved his ministry. Well, you know, it was that Jesus could have came at any time. And could you imagine what it would have been like if Jesus was born into today's world? You know, just all the things, especially now. Just imagine if he was been born there. If we had uh, had talked of a, of a, a virgin birth, well, you know that that couldn't go. That couldn't go. That's not possible. And what we would have seen is is that Joseph would have been brought up on charges and locked away. He would have been uh, a a suspect of the time because he was the one that was as closest to her and would have been the, the best candidate to depend on this thing because it couldn't have been a miracle because we don't have things like that in the civilized world that we live in. And so this would have been a, a statutory situation here and we would have had to put him away. And then that probably would have happened even though that he was completely innocent you know, we live in a society where we would rather send an innocent person to jail, to prison, to get them off the streets, than risk turning to lose someone that might be innocent. So we would have, he'd have been out off the picture. So then, you know, well, we can't have this, this young girl in this situation. So this is why abortion is so important. So we would have, we would have pushed so hard for that to happen. 
and to make sure this, this young girl didn't have to go through this situation and bring this unwanted baby into the world. Because that's what we teach. You know, back then we, they, we cared for, you know, it was a, a, a shameful event because it was done in the wrong way. It was done out of order. But yet we still don't hide our shame we don't hide the inconvenience by taking a life. We care for it. Well, yeah, we would have tried to, to done away with that. Could you imagine that if we had aborted the, the Savior of the world? Imagine what it would have been like if Jesus would have been going through his ministry during these years. Well, if he wore them robes and his, had his long hair, what would it have been? Ginger fluid? We would have been more concerned about how he dressed and how he looked than what he spoke. We would have had people being offended because of the subject matter that he brought forth. We would have had him to be canceled and shut down. You know, many times it's not how we feel about a person. It's not what they've done in the past. It's the movement that they're making now. We see the events that's happening with our, our former president. And never in history has one person been so targeted. And it's not a matter of, is he a good person, not a good person, what he's done or what he hasn't done is. The fact of the matter is, is that there has been many people... And that level of status that has been in questionable situations and nothing has been done. But what happens is that when you have someone that has a different take on things that threatens the normalcy of the way things are, and may possibly change a way of life, profit margins and power is seen as a threat. That's exactly what Jesus did. He came here. He started questioning the Pharisees. He started throwing Scripture everywhere he looked and, and was shooting everything they did down with Scripture using the truth. And it was that, that truth it was that fear is what drove them to have him crucified. He was innocent in every possible way. He was without sin. He didn't break any rules morally or even the rules that they created. 
He worked everything within the realm of the world word of God without sin, and they had to invent a way to bring him up on charges. They had to invent a way to get him up there on that cross, crucify him. And then we're, we're constantly seeing that today. We are, are changing the laws to fit the crime. And we are bending and doing things to to silence ones that don't agree with the system, with the majority, and the way that certain people think things ought to be. We are on a country that was based on freedom, freedom of religion. And now, if you're a Christian, if you're standing up like I'm standing up today and speaking the true word of God, and then sometimes that truth is going to take you down things that the, wor- the wor- world says no, like there's only two genders, there's only men and women, that marriage should be between a man and a woman, that the family structure is sacred and that we should have a strong family structure and a family structure is a father and a mother and then children. If we say things like that, if we say that we should follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, that we should follow what the Word of God says, even if it goes against what the social norms are, that we are somehow extremists. That we are a threat to the world and to society and we need to be silenced and shut down. We all have our opinions. We all have our our feelings. And we should be able to express that. Even God allows us to make our own choices. Even God allows us to either believe in Him or not believe in Him, to follow or not follow. But yet, man can't turn to that. Man feels so strongly that they are to be right no matter what, that no one else's opinion or feelings matter. We see these people that everything is caught up on video these days. We see people acting in crazy ways out in public because they don't like something. They don't like the smell of your barbecue coming across their fence. They don't like the way you parked your car. And they feel so strongly about it that you need to be shut down. And the question is, what makes your feelings your wants, or your requests more than anyone else. And that goes for any structure. Just because you hold a title, a position, if you have a ton of money, if you have a ton of education, it doesn't make you better than anyone else. We are all God's children, all His sons and daughters, and we are all equal in His eyes. But yet, that's another one of the truths that Satan doesn't want you 
to know. God wants us to come together. Satan wants to divide. Christians, we have got to take action. We have got to filter everything that we know through the Word of God. We've got to get in that Word and we've got to learn it, study it, and understand it so we can be able to combat what the world tells us. It's coming at us and we have to be able to filter through it. And we have to be able to stand up to it. If you're not willing to do that, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, if you're going to say you believe, it's got to be more than just words. There's got to be action to it. You've got to be able to show what your beliefs are and how you stand up to it. You've got to be able to stand strong.